You still look as pretty as the day I buried you. Are you ready for tales that will shatter your spine and boil your blood? Well, duh. Then choke on these! <laughs> Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. We are here for the beginning of season 14. We've made it all the way here. I'm very, very excited. A lot of these episodes I have not watched since they probably first aired. So, like I said, I'm very excited for season 14. We're kicking off here with what I always love the Treehouse of Horror specials. This is Treehouse of Horror 13, episode DAB F19. I am Dando. I am Guy, and I repeat and uh, reiterate everything that Dando just said. Looking forward to season 14. A lot of these I have no recollection of whatsoever, so we are entering virgin territory here <laughs> in the best possible way. Uh, but we got off to a pretty decent start, I think, with Treehouse of Horror XIII. I don't think that's ever been used on this podcast before. We're entering virgin territory. That is correct. <laughs> that was probably the last time we'll ever hear it. So, uh, but Treehouse of Horror thirteen, yes, this is one. I remember the. I remember. I remember the segments. The one I remember the most was the the clone one. I remember really enjoying that. I'm gonna be honest. I enjoyed this Treehouse of Horror. I thought it was a good mix. There wasn't. It wasn't overly violent like previous Treehouse of Horrors, but it was still each story was entertaining in its own way. You sort of had that the clone. The clone one was sort of the most. I want to say Treehouse of Horror esque of the three, but I guess the last one you could kind of say is as well. But I liked. I thought the first one was the funniest. The second one was more of a political statement, and the third one was just kind of just a, a, a parody of a classic horror tale. It was, yeah. Look, you're exactly right there. I mean, I think they got it off to a very good start with Send in the Clones. It felt like the most well-rounded of the uh, of yeah. the three stories. Mm. You're right with the the second one, the right to uh, to creep and scare harms. Um, yeah, a message wrapped in a in a joke or two. Yeah, uh, and, and you're right about uh, the island of Doctor Hibbert, which didn't really even have a story. It had a situation. No, more than it, just sort of, it was just kind I of. I mean, I didn't mind it, but it was just kind of there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I didn't dislike it because, look, I'm a sucker for the Island of Doctor Moreau. I I loved the book ever since I was a kid. Okay, and I've I've enjoyed some of the movies that I've seen of it, even the most recent one with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. When I say most recent, it's like nearly thirty years old now. So, oh god, um, what was it? Was I born when that film came out? That's the question. <laughs> I think it came out the same year as Space Jam. So. Oh, well, that's only 25 years ago, so okay. So was, oh, okay. It, was, it, was it 96, was it? Really? It was 96. There you go, yeah. Okay, well, I was definitely born for Space Jam. What a film. <laughs> <laughs> and the Isle of Dr. Moreau. What a film. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I actually re-watched it not that long ago, and it's like mm. all the stuff that I thought was ridiculous and over-the-top and stupid back in 96, I now see as kind of... I don't know, exotic and strange and a bit outrageous and, and I appreciate it a bit more. But we'll talk about that a bit more when we get to uh, mm. you know, uh, the island of Dr. Hibbert and also the mailbag, I think it's talked about in there as well. So we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, not 
a terrible treehouse of horror. A, a, a fine, if spooky place to visit. But yeah, I think they, I think they led with their strongest uh, story. Definitely, Send of the Clones was was very good fun. A, a lot of good laughs in it. A lot of good bits in it. It's, it felt the most Simpsony, didn't it? It felt the most Simpsonsy. You are one hundred percent correct there. And the other two, okay, fine, not bad, but yeah. <laughs> it, it led the with best. the winner. Yeah. yeah, and now in that segment, I remember always liking the Family Guy joke in there. Peter Griffin mm. being the fact that that was kind of like a little tongue-in-cheek joke that Family Guy was a clone of The Simpsons. But originally, there was going to be more of a piss-taker Family Guy in it. But by the point, oh. by the time this episode aired, Family Guy had been cancelled. So at the time, they didn't want to kick them whilst I was down, as they quote <laughs> your commentary. Little did I know that the Family Guy show would return and essentially stronger not, than ever. Not not kick Simpsons' ass, but for a while there, it was like, oh, you still watch The Simpsons? <laughs> Family Guy is much funnier. It's like, you look back now, Grow you go, child. Yeah. <laughs> See, I always say the difference between Family Guy and The Simpsons is Family Guy's funny the first time you watch it, but doesn't really have much rewatch value once you know what's coming. It's sort of, it's it's funny because it's got that random, oh my God, I didn't expect that. But once you are expecting it, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's not really that funny anymore. Yeah, That's I how agree I with that. Anyway. Yeah, I've never been a huge family guy fan or even mm. viewer i think i've said on the podcast in the past whenever i was traveling for business or whatever and i found myself in a hotel room that had foxtel or fox 8 that was usually the time that i ended up watching family guy besides i think they're good to sort of have on in the background yeah just like cheap and laughs yeah not substance. cheap laughs but yeah. but it's not something it's not a show i've ever really sought out and just uh, this probably be the good time to announce that we're just about to start our own family guy podcast <laughs> we are <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not. We are not. Don't get excited, guys. If you're a Family Guy fan, then we will not be doing that. And then we may eventually, if, it, if there's enough demand for it, we may do that, but not right now. <laughs> it would just be episode after episode of us going, eh, it's all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> eh, it's okay. <laughs> it's like when, when, when Hobie gets served the, the giant beer. Yeah, it's big, I guess. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but this, I didn't realize this was the first Treehouse of Horror to actually be called and referred to as Treehouse of Horror in the opening oh. credits. Apparently, every episode before this, and I obviously probably knew this in my subconscious, but it didn't dawn on me, were referred to as the Simpsons Halloween specials, oh. not Treehouse of Horror, even though they are technically called Treehouse of Horror in Treehouse all the Horror, books yeah. and all the guides and everything. But, but they don't have that the, branding on the on the screen. No, on the screen, it's, the branding was Simpsons Halloween special. I thought, really? Yeah, yeah it's true. I didn't, I didn't realize it. It's also one of only two Treehouse of Horrors that they don't use the spooky names for the cast and crew. I must admit, I did notice that uh, yeah. at, the, uh, at the very beginning. It's like, what happened to... Was it Screams... Not Screams L. Brooks. James Hell Brooks. James Hell Brooks, yes. Yeah. But uh, and Matt Groening, as in Groening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they brought it back due to popular demand. Now, there's one other little gag in there that I want... Actually, no, I'll bring that up once we're doing the review. It's sort of like something that happens during the episode. But um, I just wanted to, before we get into our review and our trivia and everything, I just want to uh, give listeners a little bit of enlightenment that I have finally regained the ability to post on the Facebook page again. Success, Mr. Davis. Persistence pays off. (laughs) Oh, man. So way back in April, I think it was April 13th, I got told that I wasn't allowed to post anymore on my page. And I thought, that's it. The page is dead. But thankfully, you were still an editor. So you were still able to post. But the problem was that we had no admin. So you couldn't make me an admin. So I couldn't Mm. post anything. I was just a a moderator on all the different Facebook pages that I managed. I managed the Cheese TV page and a few other Simpsons ones. And I thought, oh man, all these years of work. But I just logged on last night 
And then after four months of whinging and whining to Facebook, they fucking fixed it. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and also sending me messages like, post this. Like, yeah. Oh. The puppet master. <laughs> I, used get, I used to feel bad because I thought he's probably doing something really important right now. But I used, I used to always say, <laughs> when, do you, when do you get the time, man? Post this, please. <laughs> and, and then you post something today and I didn't realize that you'd posted something. And I scheduled the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. So, yes, I finally got the ability to post on the Facebook page again, which is very exciting. Also, I'm still running the Instagram page and stuff, and guys still doing the Twitter. So, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount and at Four Finger Pod on uh, Twitter. I won't be posting any more videos on the Facebook page because that seemed to be what done us in. I think so, that's what got us in hot water, yes. Yeah, so any meme-related videos now will be on Instagram because it seems to be okay to post shit on Instagram. So you want meme videos, <laughs> go to Instagram. You just want meme vid- uh, photos and links to various funny Simpsons articles or whatever, go to the Facebook page. But yes, that is enough. I was, I was just very happy about that. Also, another congratulations <laughs> to a little man. Did I tell you? I did tell you on the last episode, he was toilet trained. Didn't I? Oh, yes. Was, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. But he's like fully toilet trained now. He gets up in the middle of the night and goes to the toilet by himself. I literally, He woke me up in the middle of the night last night going to take a piss. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, he's like, he's like go away. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very proud of the little man, but he's not here at the moment. He's at, the, at my parents' place so we can finally get this show done. <laughs> Clearly, this conversation seeped into my subconscious because I told you. I think I told the, yeah. the patrons on the Facebook page. You did. Had this dream the other night. This may sound a bit weird, folks, because yeah, why am I dreaming about Dando's kid? But dreamt that I was over at uh, Casa Dando, mm. uh, having a good old time with Ellie, just playing around with him and making him laugh by telling fart jokes. And when he did an actual fart, it cracked him up. The peak of co- farts are the peak of comedy, mate. <laughs> This is true. But uh, that's what we do in the Dano household. We just we do fart sounds. Al- Elliot, remember I told you how Elliot can do the fart sound with his hand? And it was like the that's thing right, in the world. Yeah. yeah, so man, he just walks up behind you, just goes, and it's like, he thinks it's, <laughs> he thinks it's, he's like the funniest person in the world. It's amazing. Next question. You there, eating the paste. My first question for Trias of Horror 13 Trivia is, Go ahead. how many clones did Homer make originally before he dumped them? Oh... Because Marge says you have the energy of 20 men. Yeah, and he said something else, didn't he? Yes. He says 23. No, he says 24, sorry. I was about to say 23. No, sorry, sorry. He says 23. So, what do you... It's either he has 23 clones, because they're all doing all the work for him, or he has 22 he, clones, including himself. Him, yeah, yeah. But would he be doing any of that work at all, or would he? I just don't. Be I don't think so. So I think he made. Tw- Let's say twenty three. Twenty three clones. Yeah. Hmm. I honestly was going to say twenty three. It was on the tip of my tongue, and you jumped in. But that's all right. I understand completely. I. I was. I had this look on my face, like. Ooh. This <laughs> is where we say no points for you. <laughs> no points. <laughs> What's your first question? My first question is, what is number three on the to-do list that Marge has for Homer? And it's her favourite. Uh, it's right. Thank you notes for the wedding. It is. Mm, it is indeed. Hurrah. I left all that stuff to Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> You've never I, thanked a person in your life. You, you thank them when they come to the wedding. You have to write thank you notes as well. It's like double handling. It's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question is, what year was Billy the Kid gunned down? 1897. Lower. 1887. 1881. I had it half right in the 18s. Yes, you did, yes. (laughs) 
how uh, how much did FDR beat Superman in the race around the world? When was that discussed? Grandpa Simpson was telling one of his stories. Ah, damn it. See, I tuned out like every other person would have. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> you're, only, you're only human. Beat it by a furlong. Okay, a furlong. I did like that moment, actually. So, <laughs> my next question is, what number of Kang Kodos language or whatever is the Skull Island symbol? It's a four. Now, I didn't get that. I thought that was the most bizarre ending because I know that they just shoehorned them in because they thought, oh, shit, we have to include Kang and Kodos all the time. But yeah. it says, they say, makes you think. And I go, about what? About? <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you would know. And I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to do my proper research and find out if it, it actually meant anything or if it was going to be like, hey, let's do a fourth chapter of Treehouse of Horror mm-hmm. and then cut to the end. But. I don't know what it meant, but I did remember it was a four, and you know why I remembered? Because I didn't get it. Yes. All right. Do you have any more questions for me? Oh, of course I do. All I right. Did. Hit me. All right. Hit me. What was Goldie? I think Goldie was a goldfish, I'm assuming. Yes. What was Goldie's lifespan? August to October. Bang. Correct. Yes. So it was either two months or three months. What would you say? Well, if it was the start of August and the end of October, yeah, and that's more than three, three months. months. Yeah. But if it's the end of August and the start of October, it's a month. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah so I remember I had, a, I had a goldfish when I was younger. His name was Stripestone. He had a big stripe down the side of him. Ooh. I'll never forget the day. It was my first sort of encounter with death. I remember coming home and seeing him. He was still alive, but he was just sort of floating on the, the top of the water. And I remember, this sounds very morbid, but I remember just getting like my, like a, a, my pencil and like balance him so that he was facing upright, so he wasn't sideways. But my mom was just like, "Dude, he, he, he's done." And it was just yeah. I remember that just being so sad. Like that was I was like, "Oh wait, things don't last forever." <laughs> no, a so, goldfish still a thing. Yeah, in the nineties, a lot of my friends had goldfish. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that many goldfish enthusiasts now. You don't see fish tanks all that often in houses anymore. You don't really, do you? No, they're too much maintenance. Because if you don't do yeah. it properly, it just gets algae and it's just, yeah, it's... Anyway. My Therein f- lies the lesson. That's what pets are about. You know, they're, yeah. they're your good friends, but they're also a lesson in responsibility, Dan. That is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, fi- my final question is... Okay. An easy one. What was the name of Maggie's 30th gun? Homer's going, oh, not Mr... Oh, I gave you half the name. Oh, <laughs> oh I thought... I, I Was that Maggie's gun? Cause, okay, yeah. It was Mr. Blasty, because I had that question as well. That's the, the. I thought it was a good gag. So yeah, Bart with his Bart's guns, and then Lisa's going through the box that says Maggie's guns. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Blasty. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's the end. Of that's the trivia done. Because, All right then. Yeah. Well, I've just realised, by the way, that we've skipped over our favourite moments. Well, we can shift things around. We've started a new season, Dan. We have. We can, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We can mess with the format, <laughs> and hopefully, people won't turn off completely. Hey, my favourite. I really liked the moment where it'll take three clones to defeat the original Homer. <laughs> I mean four. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that I that I dug in in Center of the Clones. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, you mentioned earlier this is not as violent or gruesome as previous uh, Tree Houses of Horror. I was a little shocked by the Ned head. Okay, it's a, well, mean, see, it's from Tree House. They do it, I think, Tree House of Horror 
four, where it's the, the the gremlin on the side of the bus, and it kills kills Flanders at the end, and it goes hardly ho bar. He's holding up Flanders' dead head. <laughs> Very similar. So this was actually drawn less grotesque than that, because in that one, when he holds up Flanders' head, you can see like his oh, spine hanging out and everything. Yeah. At least this one didn't have any blood. <laughs> True. It was just a bit of a surprise though, and I yeah. Shock is not something I normally get from a Simpsons episode, so to have a little bit of oh <laughs> was uh, was quite interesting for me. Also, at the very end of this episode I, of this segment, I did like how they closed out with Crosby, Stills and Nash's "Love the One You're With." Oh, I thought that it was, was a really good use of a song, wasn't it? It was. It was really good, uh, and something else that I enjoyed in the right to creep and scare harms mm-hmm. was Mo saying taking charge of the time machine. Now to get me some cavemen hookers. <laughs> For some reason, I knew you'd like that. <laughs> I know. I mean, it it felt like a bit of a crude, again, family guy-esque kind of joke, but also very in keeping with Mo. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, I don't know. I, 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 it was not something I was expecting, and I, I got a good chuckle out of it, i got to say. I like the, that's piano. I said piano. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'm always a fan... I'm, I'm probably skipping ahead of myself here, but uh, I'm always a fan when Homer decides to get a bit refined or sophisticated, the look that appears on his face. A little half sort of like, half closed. Mm. Half closed. <laughs> I'm, like, mm, I'm appreciating the finer things in life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that is our favourite moments. It's now time for us to take a short break, but when we return, we'll be giving you our full in-depth review of what, Mr. Davis? Treehouse of Horror. 30. Spirit fingers. <laughs> it's a shame. I don't know if we still put in the videos up, but um, you get to see my weird paws. <laughs> it is time once again for some patron shout outs. First up here, we have some new $100 patrons Timothy Belson, Brian from Boston, Chris Reynolds, and Jonathan Rossi. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your support. It is much appreciated. Our new $20 patron for the month is Mr. Reese Roberts. We also want to throw shout outs to Mr. Dylan Haggett, Kane Von Nagy, Jordan Molman Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Noah Daniel, Christopher Darby, Keith Nedham, Adam Sanderson, Bella Winderbank, Ben Smith, Daniel Kotnick, David Stewart, George McMenemy, Katie G. Mark Boston Burgess, Matt Thompson, Nick Patterson, Sean Devey, Shannon Hofer, Stephen Roberts, the iconic June fucking Richards, Tom Pickering, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jenna Rice, and Joel Yoland. Thank you so much, everybody. Also, shout outs to the following people Fergus Jeffs, Rosie Nante, Rory Mantunga, Dan, Glenn Morton, Matthew Leewald, Dan Popomatic, Ashley Kay, M. Kofus and Yellow Bubbles. Thank you so much for supporting us here on Patreon. Remember, guys, if you do enjoy Four Finger Discount, the best way to support the show is by becoming a Four Finger Discount patron. Early access to all the shows, access to the Facebook group, prize draws, as well as access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts for as little as $1 per month. It's at patreon.com slash discount. But for now, enjoy our review of Trios of Horror 13. All right, so the original air date of Trials of Horror 13 was on November 3rd in 2002, so almost on Halloween, so that's not too bad. Mm. Uh, it was directed by David Silverman, the legendary David Silverman, and each mm-hmm. segment was written by, so Mark Wilmore wrote the first one, Brian Kelly wrote part two, and Kevin Curran wrote part three. Uh, no chalkboard gag or catch gag for this one, it was just it intros here with this. Simpsons and Flanders doing the seance, trying to bring Maud back from the dead. <laughs> kind of a uh, cruel thing for 
Bart to do there? <laughs> I was about to say, very bad taste, Bart. <laughs> I know. Like, I, 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 love Ned, though. <laughs> I love Ned, I love Ned saying, though. I don't know, a seance sounds a little PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> he does miss the missus. But then Maud does arrive. And when she turns into the ghost, she sounds so much like Maggie Roswell, who is the actual voice of Maud Flanders. Oh, okay. Uh, so Maggie had returned to the show by this point because she left once Maud passed away and whatnot. Mm. We interviewed, Mitch and I interviewed Maggie in person at a like an oh. Armageddon Expo back in, I think it was like 2015 or something. She is the loveliest lady. And I remember she uh-huh. sang, like, out of nowhere on the spot for her, she sang that, uh, not Cut Every Corner, the, um, maybe it is Cut Every Corner, the, the, the show Bobbins where she goes, Cut Every oh, Corner, yeah. it is really not so bad. <laughs> she, she sang it to us in person. I was like... Wow. (laughs) One of my favorite moments of doing this entire podcast was having Maggie Roswell sing the Sherry Bobbins song for us. Uh, But it just sounded so much like Maggie. And I thought, we've got to get her back on the show because you would love talking to her. She's just, Mm. like I said, she's the loveliest lady. So hopefully we can get her on in a future episode for sure. But uh, so Maud is like the ghost and we intro the the Treehouse of Horror 13 episode. The first, yeah. Let's not forget though, Homer does his... He does, he does indeed, yeah. So the first segment <laughs> is Send In The Clones. Call me crazy, but I really liked the credits animation in this, where it just kept going clones, 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 mm. clones. That was really creative, I liked it. Yeah. No, I agree uh, with you 100%. So it kicks off with Homer spending some quality time away from the family. Boy, can I relate to this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a hammock? I've, I've laid in one before, I've never owned one. I can never get comfortable in one, I just mustn't be laying in them properly. I don't know. I'm not sure how comfortable they are. I think you have to have a really huge one. Uh, yeah, okay. And, I think the idea, stuck, the idea of a hammock stuck sounds with pillows. good, but it just doesn't seem to work for me. Uh, back in my one of my old houses, this is back in the late 90s, yeah, I, I had a hammock set up between two trees. It wasn't perfectly set up, but it was pretty well set up, and I did enjoy you know, lazing out there in the, uh, on a spring afternoon, you know, with a book and you're trying to sort of balance the drink that you've got with you, you know, yeah. you wobble a bit and you're probably going to spill it. But no, I've, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed hammocks on occasion. It's like when you try to balance on a, like a floaty in the pool and it's sort of tipping to one yeah. side. It's like, oh, 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 oh. It's like <laughs> you've got to be very, very chill if you're in yeah. a hammock or you're on a floaty thing. You're just like, be very, very still. No moving. Yeah. Be very I, calm. So I, I'm a fi- <laughs> but I'm a fidgeter, so I can't relax. Like, I like to fidget a lot. And if you fidget on those things, you're gone. You're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he's taking some quality time away from the family, but Marge has different plans. She's got some jobs for him to do, which includes, as I said earlier, writing the wedding thank you notes, just basic things like mow the lawn and stuff like that. But yeah. Marge, uh, Homer says, unfortunately, he ate all the pancakes that were for the church breakfast, so he's got to sleep them <laughs> off. Uh, what did he say to her? It was, kind of, it, was, it was similar to like when Ralph says... These tarfums make me dizzy. Yeah, they'll do that. But what, what does Marge oh, say? Right. They'll for the church breakfast. He goes, oh, were they? Or something like that. Anyway, yeah. but because he's so heavy now for eating all the pancakes, he makes the hammock break. Unfortunately, though, the hammock man arrives a little early. <laughs> <laughs> hammock man. <laughs> this felt, that they- to me, I looked at that and went, that's, it screams Swartzwalder, doesn't it? Don't you reckon? It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. throwing in that little bit of uh, a man. bit of randomness. Yeah. It's, like, it's, man. It's, like, it's like the piano lady <laughs> or piano man or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was piano lady. Piano lady, yes. Yeah, that was very, very good. But yeah, so this gave me similar vibes to the episode where they had the evil Krusty doll from, I think it was Treehouse of Horror 3. Is that the one with the Frogat? 
Comes with a free frogget. Yeah, so this guy's just yeah, like, yeah, I, I must warn you, you know, the webbing is a mesh of comfort and evil. But just, <laughs> oh yeah, you sold me at comfort. <laughs> now, it's a bit curious. When yep. Homer gets his new hammock, sets it up, and says, um, Mr. Hammock, meet Madam Ass. It's like... Should it be the other way Mr. around? Should it be Mr. Ass yeah, meeting thought- Madam Hammock? Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I don't want to gender the hammock. It, it, that's its own business. But I'm pretty sure Homer's ass is a Mr. Ass. <laughs> I don't want to gender the hammock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sensitive fellow in that regard. I'm a, I'm a 21st century boy. Uh, but yeah, you're right though. I, I thought you, your missus. Okay, fair enough. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Okay, boys, Homer. But it, yeah, if you want to gender your own ass, then go right ahead, Homer. Yes, he creates the clone. Uh, double checks, no belly button, but the shuttle's still still in the hangar. Shuttle's in the hangar. Yes, <laughs> That's a nice nice line. Makes the the clone his slave. Unfortunately, the clone electrocutes itself, and he realizes he's going to need some help to dispose of the body. So he clones himself again. They throw it in Flanders' yard. I was about to say, it's pretty sharp creating a new clone just for lifting, and it's pretty lazy just dumping the, <laughs> dumping the corpse over the fence. <laughs> but, but I suppose that is very Homer. <laughs> I'm surprised that didn't come back later in the episode because he just dumps mm. it in Flanders' backyard. But anyway. To haunt him, so to speak. Yes, but uh, that's the last we see of, uh, of Clone 1. It is indeed, yeah. But then the clone realises that it needs more clones in order to get all the jobs done. Homer says, hmm, well, what if? So... <laughs> I love it. He does, he does, they do all the um, the cloning. They get all the different clones. Homer's, I think this could be a magic hammock. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Homer? Does this make my hips look big? Outfit good. Flat to his butt. Oh, aren't you a dear? Then after World War II, it got kind of quiet. Till Superman challenged FDR to a race around the world. FDR beat him by a furlong. Or so the comic books would have you believe. The truth lies somewhere in between. Great little bit of animation here where it continues to nod after Grandpa falls asleep. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And playing baseball with the kids. And Lisa's concerned, isn't Dad looking a little bit dumber than usual? Me not notice. (laughs) Me not notice. Then Marge here offers sexy time. I love it when Marge is dirty. It's just, it's the greatest. Mm. So she whispers in the in the clone's ear, ooh, 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 and Homer says, I'll cut in here. They realize they're evenly matched when they start fighting with each other. The other clones pull the other one back away. Man, are we evenly matched? You concur. Yes. <laughs> the clones pull the other one away, and Homer says, ha, my, my favorite moment. <laughs> it would take three clones to beat the original Homer. <laughs> I mean, four. Oh. It would be very handy having clones, wouldn't it, to just do all your work. I mean, I had friends in high school who were identical twins. I mean, identical oh. twins, right? And if one of them wanted to rest, one of them would go for a walk or whatever, and the other one would take his place in the classroom because they were in separate classes in year 12. They, take, they took wow. different subjects. Yeah, and the teachers, <laughs> a- the teachers actually had no idea. So I knew I'd be sitting next to Ed, but the teacher legitimately thought I'd sit next to uh, talking to Ryan. But I remember when they first came to our high school in year nine, they first came, one had blonde hair and one had black hair. They like, dyed their hair different colors so you know who's who. Oh. <laughs> and, then and then they realized, wait a minute, we could use this to our advantage. And then yes. they, both dyed, they both dyed their hair black and he didn't know who was who. Are you, are you still in touch with the uh, with Ed and Ryan, the uh, identical twins? I, I, I mean, I am and I'm not. <laughs> how, would, I, how would you know? You run into one of them every once in a while. Which one are you? But it's a case of, you know, in 2020, 2021, 
Are we catching up with anybody anymore? <laughs> who's who's in touch with anyone? You're right. you are correct. Anyway, but yeah, they're doing all the jobs for Homer, as we said. Um, but yeah, that Homer's gonna he, he cuts in, and uh, now he's making they're all making breakfast for the family. That's right. That's where we're up to here. Mm. And Flanders arrives and he wants his chainsaw back that Homer stole from him. Homer's you have to leave a credit card. Good. Not discovery. You got to leave the Amex. So I have never heard of an Amex, which is American an Amex. Express. Oh, is that what they call it? Ameri- okay, yeah. American Express. Okay, forgive me. I, no, I've never, I've never owned a credit card in my life. I had one for a while and I've stopped. I actually I stopped fairly early on. I couldn't control myself. Yeah, I've had a credit card in the two thousands. I, I take it back. I did have like this GE credit line thing, which is not really a credit card in the traditional sense. It's how I got my new telly. But uh, no, I think I realised. Oh, but it's different though when it's like sixty months interest free kind of thing. Yes, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, but I would, I think I'd run a, a, a bit of muck with a, with an Amex or a Visa or something like that. I mean, I, I, Afterpay is bad enough for me. I was going to say, no, it's dangerous. Is Afterpay? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's like I only have to pay twenty two dollars. Hmm. Yes, yes, and then twenty dollars again, and then twenty two dollars again. <laughs> but the, well, did you say? Go did, to- you, did you say they sold? After pay yesterday for thirty nine billion dollars. I did see that. Oh That's bad talk. They made it six years ago, and they sold it for thirty nine billion dollars. I mean, imagine full, full credit to them. Another, yeah. Look, a few more years of this dando, and we'll be selling four finger discount for twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> any takers? Any takers? <laughs> but yeah, so Flanders arrives. And Homer says he wants his American Express, as Guy clarified for me. So he wanders off. And you think the clone is signaling to, do you want me to take the chainsaw to his house? Homer says, yes, please. Marge says, you know, Homer, she's, she's real happy with how things are going at the moment. You've got the energy of 20 men, no, 23. And then cuts to clone holding up Flanders' head. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Not a nice way to go, poor Flanders. <laughs> but Homer realizes he must do something about it. And he goes to dump them all out in the country. Yep, shooting the ones who uh, know the way home, of course. I like that. I felt sorry for the clones, but it's, uh, I mean, it makes sense, though. Who remembers the way home? You're going to have to die. Uh, you may already be about to mention this, but uh, Homer's had this, not a great plan, but a, you know, a thought-out plan, nonetheless, to you know, take these clones away, get rid of them and all that. What does he do? Tosses out the magic hammock like a dumbass. I mean, yeah. not, you know, doesn't throw it away anywhere. It's like, mm, this could be used for poor purposes. No, just toss it out the window. Yeah, I was going to say, I love how he goes through the trouble of killing the ones that, that remember home. And it says, to make sure no one ever sees his hammock again, throws it to the clones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so they just go clone, 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 go crazy. And we get the various ones. We get Homer wearing the glasses. We get not only Peter Griffin, but we get the original Homer from the Tracy Ellman shorts. Indeed. Frosty, with frosty the, uh, chocolate milkshakes. Yes, with the uh, the old school Dan voice. Sounds yeah, like Walter Matthau. That's correct. That is correct. Ah, look at that cord. Oh, Gil's hard work is finally paid off. Well, at least I got my health. <laughs> Poor, Poor old Gil. Gil. <laughs> got to stick it to Gil every opportunity you get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's sort of become the new Mole Man, hasn't he? I think so. I mean, Mole Man pops up occasionally and, you know, yeah. cops up a bit of a beating or just some form of humiliation, but uh, no, it's anytime Gil shows up, never a W for Gil. He's just racking up L's every time. They go and raid the brewery and then all race to the toilet. Then uh, the Brockman News Report 
talking about. Now, I wasn't, I was alive in the late 80s, but I don't remember the late 80s. Were comedy clubs everywhere and destroying everything? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay, yeah. So, was it, more, was it more so in America, though? Mostly in America, I think. Yep. But other countries picked up the, uh, picked up what America was putting down. Um, Australia didn't go wild with it. But I'm wondering when the Melbourne Comedy Festival started. I can tell you. Would you want me to look that up? Look it up on the internet. I will do that right now. So, um, so when what was your first memory of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival? I think sometime in the nineties. Okay, cost festival first start. And I hope, <laughs> I hope it didn't start in the two thousands because ah. I'm like, what did I do in the nineties? Ninth of March, nineteen eighty-seven. So right when they're talking about it <laughs> in this uh-huh. news this report. It just <laughs> so was it just everyone discovered comedy in the late eighties? What happened? <laughs> It's a really good question. What, yeah, I mean, why is I'm, it all I'm, of a sudden I'm, that there was just comedy clubs? That well, there's always comedy clubs, but that it just become a because you don't really see you don't see comedy clubs at all anymore, except for maybe the comedy lounge in Melbourne. There aren't there aren't dedicated yeah. comedy clubs really all that much anymore. Certainly not as many as there were. You're not, right. Not not here anyway. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Do you think it's because there's no? I know comedians like to go and test new material to audiences, but it's, do you think it's because we've got the ability to just do shows via the internet now? You don't need to go to a club to, to test it? Probably. I think I imagine that would be the case. I mean, you not only have the ability to present like a, a stand-up act, hmm. but you could even put together skits and bits and sketches and all that That's kind of true. stuff. That's true. Yeah, you can make your own sketch yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the the birth of or the rise of comedy clubs, like uh, our man Kent is talking about here, it was in the seventies really that comedians, stand up comedians, sort of gained rock star status. I mean, Steve Martin when he was doing stand up was Dangerfield, Richard Pryor, uh, and then later on Eddie Murphy. Murphy, of course, yeah, yeah. But when I think of eighties comedy club, I just think of dark, dingy, full of smoke. Is that what it was like? Yeah. I never visited that many, but that's the vibe I'm getting, absolutely. Sounds great. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and the, the air is just full of flop sweat and desperation. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think it's probably a, a cheap kind of night of entertainment, you know, because yeah. with bands and things like that, I mean, you've probably got to have a better PA system and all that kind of thing. And you've got, you com- you got to commit to like two hours. Yeah. Whereas, like, okay, let's build a stage, get a mic, couple of speakers, and everyone out there thinks they're a comedian. So, you know, we hold an open mic night. We've just got comedian enough comedian coming up and trying to entertain. And even if they suck, that's kind of entertaining as well because then you can... I can't, I can't do it though. I feel heckle so the hell out of them. I've never heckled a comedian. I never will. Oh, no, don't. Of course not. They've, they've got more guts than what we have going up there. I couldn't do it. Yeah, unless they're really terrible and you and you're really funny. like comedy clubs in the late 80s these ravenous clones are everywhere they've destroyed every building in town except moe's tavern which is reporting record business now uh who's gonna be picking up the tab anything for homers dad is there something you'd like to tell us about this horde you'd think so but no (laughs) it's <laughs> a great line and a great delivery uh, uh, so there's two lines in here that's one of them two lines of Homer says here that have definitely been used in previous episodes he does say you'd think so wouldn't you I can't remember what episode mm. that one's from but then when Marge says they look like you they're rude to Patty and Selma they've been described as gassy and Homer goes yeah it's a good group 
So <laughs> he says that also in the episode where they're going to the Super Bowl and Bart lists through all the different people. You got we've got the Sea Cat, they got the Bumblebee Man, we've got Krusty. He's like, Yeah, it's a good group. Mm. So it's it's like two lines that have been recycled here, but at least they're but at okay. least they're funny. We're now at the crisis meeting. Did you get COVID vibes here? <laughs> a little bit. Starts did, here, starts I, here, I, starts here, and then now it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed the war room, though, for a couple of reasons. I'm always a fan of a good... Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had one the, of those. The aesthetic of the war room and the Simpsons, it, just, it seems calming. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I don't know if they're ripping off the, uh, the famous old movie, Doctor Strangelove. Every time, possibly, they, they, yeah, yeah, they do the war. One thing I did notice was, I think the general who says, wait, "I'm skipping ahead a little bit," but yeah, yeah. they say something. The general says, "I was wrong, okay," which is um, a bit of a George C. Scott impression because you know we've heard we've all heard man hitting groin by football. Ah, my groin. Yeah, and <laughs> which George is still C. funny to this day. <laughs> It's never, never not funny. Uh, George <laughs> Scott was in Doctor Strange Love uh, uh, as a guy in the war room. So, I don't know. They may all tie in, or I'm just drawing conclusions where I really shouldn't. But anyway, I just like, ah! Anytime you've got a bit of a George C. Scott impression, ah, my oh, coin. Oh, my coin. <laughs> I was wrong, okay? <laughs> it's funny. You watch any movie with George C. Scott, and that's pretty much exactly what he sounds like. He's always growling lines. <laughs> the fact that I was going to mention at the start of this episode was a reference from here. So, when they first show it, all the different Homer heads pop up on the screen. It pops mm. up at actual locations of Springfields throughout the USA, just so ah. you don't know where the real Springfield is. <laughs> That's clever. Yeah, yeah, oh, I liked nice. it. But Lisa says she's got an idea because she sees Homer disappointed that all the donuts are missing. And we got the, the, the guy saying, I was wrong, okay. And then they, she has the idea of luring all the clones down a cliff with the giant donuts. Mm-hmm. I've read on Wikipedia that they were going to make this an homage to when Homer falls down a cliff in Bart the Daredevil. And they, but they said they, they cut it out due to time, but I still thought that it was. I immediately thought of that moment. It still felt that way, a little less yeah. bloody and gruesome, but yes. yeah. I, I think you'd you'd have to draw that conclusion, wouldn't you? Anytime Homer's boom, 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 falling down a hill like that, your mind, your mind automatically goes to that. 100%, yeah. One of the most iconic Simpsons, one of the most recycled Simpsons moments of all time, mm. for sure. But yes, yeah, so all the clones fall down the cliff. Then Marge and Homer are in bed, they're about to get it on. They're discussing that the horde's almost dead, just a little bit more twitching, and then Marge realises that there's no belly button, and Homer was the first one over the cliff. Poor Homer. Or silly Homer, I should say, I guess. And then silly Homer. Marge says, what's she going to do? Gives her a back rub. Cue, love the one you're with. What a song, by the way. Crosby, Stills and Nash, man. Is it, or is it Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young? I think it might be just Crosby, CSN. Crosby, Stills and Nash. I just love the message of that song. It's so true. It's like, yeah. you know, just the person, that's, the person that's willing to love you, love them back. <laughs> next segment is called the right to creep and scare harms so starts with Bart and Lisa burying poor Goldie who didn't have a very long lifespan they obviously uh, loved him though Lisa discovers the grave of her dead boyfriend William H. Bonnie <laughs> and he, she realizes that he was gunned down at the age of 22 and he dreams he dreamt of a world without guns so Lisa vows to make dreams come true she sways the people of Springfield very quickly she can be very persuasive. Yeah, if only the real world was uh, like this. If only some ten, <laughs> if only some ten-year-olds couldn't just come out and go, "Guns are bad. Let's get rid of them." They all went, "Yep, let's do it." <laughs> well, 
Sorry to say this, but let's not forget we're working with a seven-minute episode here. Or a seven-minute segment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not taking probably, a piss. I'm not taking a piss. Probably I less. Care. Yeah. yeah, yes. <laughs> just, we, they have to give up their guns. So be it. So they, no, they all agree. They, the, the rich Texan know he can't get rid of his bad habits. He still fires his gun. But everyone's handing in their guns. And <laughs> what's Wickham say? He taunts me. Oh, you're not so tough at your guns, are you, Snake? Bam! <laughs> wow, he really is. <laughs> <laughs> I like this job. You, you learn stuff. It sounded like a really solid smack as yeah. well. Good work by the Foley guys. Just, ow. Ow, I hurt my hand trying to yes. do it just then. <laughs> the Simpsons all hand in their guns and Homer's sad to be getting rid of uh, Mr. Blasty. I thought it would have been good to have a reference there of the gun, but then have Mr. Burns look at the gun and be scared or something. Mm. Like re- oh. referencing the fact that that was the gun that shot Mr. Burns, but you, know, you can't win them all. Our time is limited. Let's keep moving. Yes. Let's keep <laughs> moving on. Uh, so, yeah, Homer says he's going to be shooting guns in heaven. Then the cops have to hand in their guns as well, which you watch this and go, well, who's <laughs> going to have the guns left then? You're in trouble now, Springfield. Yeah. But uh, Lou says, uh, you know, now all he has these enormous <laughs> genitals. Yeah, it is what it is. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> we then get the three cheers. I like this, where for the final hooray, the zombie or Billy the Kid bursts his hand out of the ground. Mm. Felt very just old school horror film. <laughs> That's right, because yes, William Bonney was in fact uh, known as Billy the Kid, notorious yeah. outlaw and star of and star of Young Guns. Yes, yes, that's right. A good twist, though. I thought if you weren't paying attention, if you didn't know that fact, mm. like, oh yeah, of course, William Billy, yeah, makes sense. I must confess, I'm not a huge Western aficionado, but I did know that William Bonney was Billy the Kid, so I'm like, hmm, is this going to come back to haunt us? And it did. Yeah, I wonder if they mentioned that in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, because I don't remember. I think they just referred to him as ah. Billy the Kid. I can't remember. I think, did they call him William the Kid? Or and the, I'm pretty sure Keanu or, or <laughs> I was about to say the other one, Alex Winter, we know yes. who he is, <laughs> called him Mr. the Kid on more than one occasion. Yes. Which was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great movie. The guns are then turned into all different playground equipment, firing oh, off at Terrible. Ralph. <laughs> Terrible looking playground equipment. This reminds me, <laughs> the lovely Louise and I have been watching this show called George Clark's Amazing Builds or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. One of those grand design kind of things. And one thing this guy wanted to do is building himself a little forest getaway. Mm-hmm. And he found this roll of old barbed wire and he's like, well, I can't let that go to waste. Well, you can. So he found... (laughs) You can, absolutely. I mean, you can make a nice barbed wire fence out of it or something. What he did Hmm. was he sort of... I'm not going to explain how he did it, but he turned it into a toilet seat. Like he sort of... Wow. Yeah. Got it um, welded and moulded into a horseshoe shape like for a toilet seat and then bash, 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 bash. And I'm assuming he bashed all the barbs out of it. We're like, can't you just go down to Bun... Go to Bunnings. Build a nice toilet... Buy a nice toilet seat from there. That's just, turn- that's just building something for the sake of building something. <laughs> it is. And I mean, look, the show is called Amazing Builds, so there you go. But the lovely Louise and I were looking at each other and go, what the fuck's this guy's problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one way to make sure no one shits in your toilet. True. And it's a Thunderbox as well. I mean, it's an outside toilet. Oh, man, so- Thunderboxes. I, my, my, you know, mm. So my great uncle, Jock and Ned, so Ned still lives there. Jock's passed away. Their house is on Church Street up near you. They've still mm-hmm. got the Thunderbox out the back. <gasps> they Their dad built that house in like the early 1900s and they haven't like fucking changed anything. They've got a toilet <laughs> now inside in the bathroom inside, but they've still got a fully functional like like Thunderbox out the back. 
I might have to sneak up there and uh, and use it one of these days. I used to like get. Uh, did you ever see it around the twist when it's like scalped on the dunny? <laughs> I haven't seen that. I know the show, but I've not seen that. Okay, yeah. I used to, get, I used to love that episode when I was a kid. I used to think there's going to be a skeleton in there whenever I open the door. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so yes, yeah, so Billy the Kid arrives to um. Well, they've, they've got all the playground equipment. Quimby announces that or declares the town utterly defenseless. Cue Billy the Kid arriving with the only guns left in town. I proudly declare our town utterly defenseless. If only poor William Bonnie were here to see his dream come true. Oh, but I am. William Bonnie? Better known as Billy the Kid. <laughs> <gasps> Looks like the only guns left are in my cold, dead hands. Now I'd like you to meet the Hole in the Ground gang. Frank and Jesse James. <gasps> The Sundance Kid. <gasps> what happened to Butch Cassidy? What happened to Butch Cassidy? We're not joined at the hip, you know. And the most evil German of all time, Kaiser Wilhelm. Uh-huh. He ain't no cowboy. Sure I am. Yippee, whippy, whippy. Okay, he's in. I just wish they'd use more of that stereotypically fun German accent, but yippee, whippy. Mm. <laughs> well, isn't one of your favourite moments in the entire series? Hey, fun boys, get a room. A room. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I'm only human. Everybody loves that. So they start terrorising Springfield, shooting at everybody and whatnot. Not sh- not shooting people, just scaring them. Um, yes. They, they make Homer do the PNA, make uh, Marge do the I think, a cello. Is it cello? They make yeah, but the celli. <laughs> and they make the kids sing. I wasn't a fan of them shooting at the kids, though. I was like, oh, I don't like them shooting. I mean, I know they're not going to shoot them, but it's just seeing them fire guns at kids. I was just like, uh. <laughs> But there's something, there's something funny about the jig that people do when they get the guns fired at their feet. <laughs> Dance. <laughs> Homer gets yanked into the random room that, was it a toilet? Like Where, where was this room that Freak yanked him into? Because he was in Moe's. It's a good question. One that I cannot answer. Yeah, anyway, it gives Homer the time machine and Homer uses it straight away, bang, <laughs> gone. And Frank Frank's hands become beaters. <laughs> yes, because Homer has clearly messed with the um, with the timeline. Yeah. Uh, I love that when he does rock up several days earlier, I come to you with a terrifying message of hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I just like the fact that he went back and just did the right thing straight away. He didn't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. But what what did, what did Frank think was going to happen though? Because he gave him the time machine to go back in time and prevent this from happening. So of course the future was going to be changed. Well, yeah, but not in such a radical way that you know people would have beaters for hands. Oh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, but yeah, so he makes everyone grab their guns and go down and fire into the graves, and Lisa's confused. Dad, what are you doing? Oh, how to explain this to a child? Hmm. Future Daddy needs to double kill these corpses so they won't come back as zombies and get them. It's a pretty good explanation. <laughs> it is. It makes perfect sense. So Homer does the right thing here. He nails it. Um, they they, yeah. sh- they scare away all the corpses. They don't come back. Another tragedy prevented by gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
no, Lisa says, maybe guns are the answer and have it from another distant future where gun violence has destroyed the earth, Mo shoots him and takes the time machine to go get some caveman hookers. Man hookers. <laughs> it's so, a very family guy-esque line, but it's also a very Mo line. Yeah. I've got no problem with ending at the right to creep and scare harms on that particular note. Some would say that Quagmire is Mo. Ah. As I said, I haven't watched enough Family Guy to draw enough of a conclusion. I'm aware of Quagmire and other he's just, characters. He's just, he's just the creepy, giggity, 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 seedy guy. Oh, okay. Well, no, Mo's not seedy. He's just pathetic. Well, he is seedy, but... No, that's, that, that's, it, no, that's pretty seedy. What, caveman hookers? His mind's always in the gutter. True. Look, I'd probably have to watch he's, some more he's, Family he's Guy. Referred to, he's referred to as, hey, you in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. <laughs> my man, my man. Final segment, The Island of Dr. Hibbert. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I was a kid, I had no idea what this was referencing. No idea at all. Oh, okay. I think that's why I was a bit lost to me when I was a kid. I was like, what is, what, what, what is going on here? But the family are on their way to the Island of Lost Souls. They pointed out straight away, why are we going to the Island of Lost Souls? Because <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense to be doing so. But, you know, they do it anyway for the sake of the story. Hibbert greets them. Um, he's gone completely mad. Providing <laughs> I love the top notch yes. vacation values. He tells Willie to get their bags, and Willie is a beast. First clue here that something's not quite right here. I like this. He may slobber on your crutch. Yeah, I've been around, Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> they then apologies walk- to our apologies to our Scottish oh, friends yes. listening to the show. They're who are probably used to it. Yes. They walk through the jungle. The eyes eat each other. That's a nice little visual gag. I like that. It was. Yeah. The eyes, though, did you ever see the show Trapdoor? The claymation show from the 80s. Don't you no. open that trapdoor. It was UK God. claymation show. Well, the intro has all these different eyes popping up like that. Just It reminded yeah. me just like that. Because it wasn't your typical just round eyes. It was the, the big sort of cartoony looking eyes. like the. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just Trapdoor. Trap I might have to. Might have to get on YouTube after this. Look up at least the intro. It's amazing. Don't you mm. open that trap. It's, it's so good. Well, my wow, sister, you... It's only it's like a three-minute like three short little uh, claymation show. It yeah. used to be on in between the cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Oh, we okay. loved it. It was so good. Do you, do you want to sing that uh, that intro one more time? Go on. Don't you open that trap door. You don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> oh, folks. You should see the face that Dando was pulling when he sings that. He's doing a little wiggle with the shoulders and everything. You have to do it. You have to Ooh. do it. Try it. <laughs> you, you, you sing it. You have try and sing it without doing the jiggle. Don't you open? No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you open that trap door? It just adds to it. It's kicking to get in the groove. It's it's amazing. Oh yeah, Doctor Hibbert, this is a top-notch resort. Can you recommend some activities? Well, one activity you might enjoy is not asking questions. <laughs> But man's inquisitive nature is what separates us from the animals. And why must we be separated, damn it? Think what Shakespeare might have accomplished if he'd had the eyes of an eagle. Or could spray stink on his critics. Yeah, what, what would you do if Shakespeare sprayed stink on you? <laughs> uh, I'd probably take back some of my reviews about Twelfth Night or uh, or Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> Actually, a delightful comic romp, Bill. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Did anyone ever fire back at you? Not to my recollection, no. Okay. Because I guess, I guess, like in the nineties, wasn't as easy to fire back. Because if you if you posted a review now on Twitter, they could instantly fire back at you, and you could see it. They could, but I would never what they call snitch tag anyone in my reviews, unless, of course, they were positive, and I wanted to sort of get a bit of sweet, uh, sweet, sweet validation from you know 
Jennifer Lawrence or whoever. I always find that if a reviewer tags a person they're reviewing or someone from what they're reviewing in it, you know they've just given them a positive review to suck up to them so that they would yes. reshare it. Yes. And I had far too much integrity to do that. Oh, you certainly do, sir. You certainly do. <laughs> we then get the introduction to the Professor Frank Turkey. Hi, Lord, wait a minute now. And guess what? I'm dying. Oh, hi. With the basting and the butterballing and the chestnut stuffing in my puppet. Gobble, 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 death. Poor Frink. Poor Frink. Not the best gag, however, uh, but I feel bad yeah. for Frink. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It was memorable. But yeah, gobble, 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 death. I, it just mm-hmm. felt very, um, at least felt improvised, I guess. I guess, Hank. yeah. Yeah. So Marge is then going to go sleuth. Because um, something's not right. Didn't you going to sell us timeshares? Timeshares, yeah. Have you ever been tried to uh, be sold timeshares before? Twice we have. Wow. No, I never have. I, people clearly know I have no money. They <laughs> they get us when we go to like it's always Surface Paradise, and you're walking through. <laughs> and they go, "Do you want this? Do you want this hundred dollar Coles voucher?" We're like, "Yes, we do." We just go to sit in this three hour seminar about buying timeshares. We're like, we'll do that. <laughs> so we go there. We spend the morning. We uh, we get there like eight thirty in the morning. We finish at 11 o'clock, we leave, we get a $100 Coles voucher, we go and buy some food, we make our lunch, we're done. I suppose that's 30 bucks an hour. That's fairly reasonable if we're just sitting there and listening to stuff. And doing nothing, yeah. Like, we're just yeah. going to be sitting in the hotel room anyway. Might as well sit here and listen to these guys bullshit and get paid for it. <laughs> Cha-ching! Cha-ching, for sure. Indeed. I'm looking forward to when we do the South Park episode where they go to Aspen for the, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for timeshares and also Stan Dash. But <laughs> If you're a South Park fan, make sure you check out our podcast, Going Down to South Park, available now on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Indeed. Marge is out doing a little uh, Island of Dr. Hibbert sleuthing. It comes across the House of Pain. Oh, that must be where you pay the bill. Good joke. <laughs> it was pretty fun. But whenever I see House of Pain, I stick a few going in a dance club in 1993. Because that's your song. <laughs> It is indeed my song. And this is where the this is where the band got their name from. What? Yeah, House of Pain. Well, oh, so House of Pain's in the actual book, is it? Yeah, it's it's in the book and okay. in the movie. Yeah, because there have been three movie versions. Strap in, movie nerds. Here we go. There have been three movie versions yeah, of yeah. the Island of Doctor Moreau. And there was one back in the nineteen thirties called Island of Lost Souls. Um, then there was one in the seventies, ah, okay, yeah. and then there's the most recent nineteen ninety six one with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Yes, but the House of Pain is where Doctor Moreau conducts his terrible experiments to turn animals into animal humans. Yeah, yes. I did not know. I did not know that. Fun fact yeah. with Guy Davis. Indeed, and uh, yeah, our uh, favorite Irish rappers from. Boston or Chicago? I'm not sure where House of Pain came from, but uh, that's where they, were, they got the name from. I, I thought they were aren't they Irish, Irish American. Okay, so they're, 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 I thought they were just from Ireland. No, 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 no. They're Irish American types. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Okay, yeah. another thing you learn every day. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but uh, I just, I just, honest listeners, I just wish there was footage of you tearing it up on the dance floor in the early '90s. I would fucking love to see oh. that. You would have been a lady killer, I reckon. I've seen those. I've seen those photos of you. That luscious hair and that cheeky smile. Uh, I, I think I was a lady killer because I was flailing around drunkenly and knocking people over. <laughs> Getting up on what was that booth you, you got the, up on Eureka or whatever? On the, 
on the podium at yeah. uh, at Zulu, I believe it was called. The hallway. Oh man. Uh, very don't tell se- don't tell mum about him. <laughs> <laughs> very sensitively named nightclub, Zulu. But anyways, yeah, so Marge has found the house of pain. And uh, Dr. Hibbert gets her from behind and we hear a cat growl, so she's we know what's gonna be happening to her. She returns. What what is she? Is she a, a a, well, a leopard or no she's not a leopard she hasn't got spots so she's just a blue cat of some kind a panther maybe pretty much further nerdiness and I'll keep it brief in yep. the original Island of Dr. Moreau movie the Island of, Lo- Island of Lost Souls there was a woman who an actress her name her actual name was Kathleen Burke but in mm. the in the credits of the movie itself she was just billed as the panther woman oh so she's but, panther okay yeah so I think that's what Marge is meant to be in this case. But, uh, so, 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 was this just a direct ripoff of the the what happens in the book? So, what happens in the book is that with, with a with a twist of an ending? But is this pretty much what's like? Is it a family goes to the island? Is that what the book's about? No, no, just a guy is shipwrecked, ends up okay. on the island, and all right, it's like, wow, you're the famous Doctor Moreau, the you know the biologist or the geneticist or whatever. Yes, that's right. My ideas were too crazy for the scientific community, but I came here to conduct my research. Well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm turning animals into people. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then you can own, you you can try to civilize the savage beast, but really, no, they're just going to revert to savagery and I don't know, run amok. That's essentially yeah. what happens on the Isle of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> it's a good story. I actually think I would appreciate this segment more. Do, do you think you appreciate it more if you know the the what it's based on, or do you think it's better without knowing that? I think you have. I think a, a little knowledge of what it's all about. Yeah, or just there's an island with a mad scientist who turns animals into people. That's yep. all you really need to know. Yep. But yes, Marge's return as the cat. I thought it was great use of silhouettes here when they were getting it on. <laughs> they were also into it, and Homer admits at the end, "Oh, Marge is a monster," which I have to admit I kind of suspected during the sex. <laughs> <laughs> but before that though Bart throwing the shoe shut up oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't imagine ever hearing your parents get it on oh, well it's like Nick and I have had a discussion that's like what happens when the kids are old enough to understand like us like cuddling and kissing and stuff it's like then they're being grossed out by it and whatnot. it's like what age mm. what age does it become inappropriate to do it in front of you not do it but to like kiss in front of your kids and stuff like that like Smooch, I guess never. I don't know. Is it is it inappropriate to kiss in front of your kids? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Louise's kids are all older now, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Not that, not that I'm pashing their mum in front of them, but uh, <laughs> but but kids, he but is have, passionate your mum. He is passionate your mum. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I have smooched her a, a little bit in front of the kids, and um, yes, Louise's daughter went ah. <laughs> Like, yeah, face it, kid. <laughs> Kids, you may want to leave the room for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to put on the. You may want to uh, turn up your white noise machines or put on your headphones. <laughs> Listeners at home, this fucking fly has just flown to my eye, and it's the most oh, no. painful thing. I'm trying my hardest not to like. Oh man, it is like you know when you can see it in front of you and you can feel it in your eye. And it's like, oh man, <laughs> I'm just trying to wipe it oh. out. <laughs> but All we're right. nearly ended. We're nearly over. We're nearly over. And then we can get this fly out of my eye. <laughs> so, yeah. you, help me through this, Mr. Davis. What happens next? So Marge, um, she races out. She, catches, she chases after a bird. She runs away. Homer goes to try and find out what the hell is going on. And he comes across Flanders, doesn't he? Yeah, as the cow. Yeah. 
That's right. Flanders needs milking. He does, yes. He's got, so. he's got a full udder. And, but luckily, you know, Homer's a little reluctant to, to go all about it, but he was also surprisingly gentle when it comes to the teats. They should have gone with the, um, the little extra layer there and made the teats extra long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That would have even been the angle they sh- Even the <laughs> angle they shot it, though, when they're sort of undulating and dangling like that, it's like, ooh. Yeah. But then they go... Uh, walking through the jungle, he's riding Flanders, singing in the jungle. Another Homer singing a song moment. That's right. Love, yeah. love singing these songs. They find all the townspeople now, all as various animals. I can imagine the animators had a lot of fun coming up with these designs. I think so as well. Yeah. Yeah, because you look at them and go, "That's appropriate." Oh, yeah, all the animals they chose fit the character. Yeah. Mm. And even if you, uh, you know, respect the members of our police force, having Clancy Wiggum be a pig is, is still pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> but then Bart reveals himself to be a spider Maggie's now an anteater I want to say she's an anteater I think so yeah, yeah. something like that um, or Lisa a tapir is, Lisa is an much. owl I think an owl would you say an owl or an eagle I'd say an owl eagle eagle I'd you reckon eagle. eagle eagle okay yeah she's going to eat Maggie but then Homer says well before that though we get the comic book guy saying you have to throw your tattered pants in the fire and embrace being an animal <laughs> Homer says, you know, you, you must, we must fight back. You, 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 we can't let him do this. And Hibbert comes in and corrects everything. He says, no, no, no. I may have made some mistakes in the name of progress, but don't you think it's better the way you are now? And everyone goes, actually, shit, yeah, it's actually pretty yeah. good. I don't mind being like this. You guys are nuts. All you can do is eat and sleep and mate and roll around in your own filth and mate and eat. Where do I sign up? By the way, before we cut to the uh, to the last bit, a nice little throwaway gag in there with uh, yeah. mentioning the mentioning the guinea pigs, <laughs> which points <laughs> our favourite Italian American stereotype pops up. We yeah. prefer Italian American pigs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then yeah, Homer realises that he wants to be an animal as well. Cut to everyone by the pool, and Homer is now a walrus. Everyone's Indeed. happy. They've got the fantasy island music over the over the uh, over they the do. scene. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it all looks very nice. It all looks very peaceful and relaxing and luxurious. And I, I, just, I, right. think, I think including Kang and Curtis at the end leaves you with a bit of like a, huh, feeling. Like if, if it didn't have that, I think it, I think the episode would have left you feeling more satisfied as a viewer. That, that Kang and Curtis ending was just bizarre to me. But yeah, as we said, I may have been missing something. But the whole, it makes you think. I'm like, about what though? <laughs> yes. We may do a little research and find out exactly what that is and include it in this episode. Who knows? I'll, we I'll might mention on the wiki page. It's uh, not Billy the Kid or the James. Um, no, nothing here that I can see here. No, it's weird. Maybe I'll do yeah. a proper proper research later. I'm sure listeners will be telling us why we're wrong. Write in, guys. SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. Send in your hate mail. And your love mail, and your questions, everything yeah. in between. SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. But Treehouse of Horror 13, another fine entry into the Treehouse of Horror series. It also closes out with the uh, a nice sort of spooky theremin yeah. version of the Simpsons theme, and a scream over the Gracie. Oh, okay, yes. You've got to have that scream at the end. Ah! The, the Treehouse of Horror episodes, they're the ones that, even to this day, they're at season 32 or season 33 now, they're still the episodes that people who don't watch The Simpsons anymore would go out of their way to still watch the Treehouse of Horror specials because they're different. They are. And also, I think having little segments. Oh, yeah, 100%. 
Yeah. yeah. You, you've got good concentrated humour. It, it, they don't overstay their welcome or outstay their welcome. I've said for years now that I feel like the, the evolution of The Simpsons it should become like short films. And they're starting to do that on Disney+. Plus. But man, those short films on Disney+, Plus are fucking terrible. They're just, I haven't watched them. I watched that Loki one and went, what? Did, what? did it what? have Tom Hiddleston in it? Or? Yes. Yeah, well, it's, okay. well, it fucking sounded like him anyway, and it looked like him. But mm. it just, I just didn't understand. It was like Disney said, right, it's like they've signed a contract and they have to produce a few short films. Or they said, yeah. Loki's coming out. Quickly give us a Loki short film with The Simpsons. But it just didn't make, it, it just oh. felt so pointless and unnecessary. But if they did yeah. focused and proper short, no, little segments like this. Yeah. And I, I used to say, put them online as like an, a, a web series kind of thing, little mm. three, four minute videos. I think they'd be so much better because they wouldn't have to try and drag a story out for 22 minutes. You could just focus on the best yeah. parts and just cram it all in. It'd be just gag, gag, gag. And I think it's a very good idea. That, that's what uh, the episode, my favorite episode of all time, 22 short films about Springfield, the ah. one that has all the intertwining stories. That was originally going to be, at, at once the episode came out, they were going to, I can't remember what the show was going to be. It was something Springfield or whatever. And it was going to be a second series, like a spin off series that focused on short little segments okay. on, on townspeople who didn't normally get episodes dedicated to them, which I thought would have been amazing. It's a real shame they didn't do it. So there's still time. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Simpsons writers, do it. <laughs> Change the course. You could do it. Yes. But yeah, Trails of Iron 13, another final installment. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, Mr. Davis, what did I learn from this episode? I learned that anything with the title Something Something of Lost Souls is probably worth avoiding. What about you? Uh, I uh, learned that if you're going to go to a graveyard and develop a crush on someone and hold an anti-gun crusade in their honour, maybe figure out who William Bonney is first. (laughs) (laughs) Facebook that person first. (laughs) You've got Google, use it. So yeah. yes, that would be that would be my advice. That would be that was what I learned from uh, Treehouse of Horror thirteen. From this day forward, your name shall be. All right, Mister Davis, it is time for the very first installment of the Guy Davis New Name Championship for season fourteen. We have a clean slate. Garoda Harryhill won it last mm. season, so let's see who can knock Garoda off his perch. This so we've had, who have we had? We had DL. Thank Garoda. Who's going to win it this season? Maybe one of those two will win it again. DL, we want you to contribute once again. Have, has DL contributed this season? I did not see their name in, oh, no, uh, in, but in see, the run. They're so good, though. They can miss a few weeks and still catch up. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, they're the goat. Okay. Let's have a look at what we've got here. Now, mm-hmm. A Tree House of Horror provides and poses a bunch of challenges because I think a lot of people who entered the new name challenge this time around thought, well, we've got to give new names to each of the segments within yep. Tree House of Horror. You just can't rename Tree House of Horror. You've got your work cut out for you. And luckily, we've got people who are pretty good at that particular task. So much so, in fact, that when it came to one point, I had to give two of them. So, Oh, okay. Yep. Two one points, one two points, and a three-pointer. So let's begin. The one point each goes to Alistair, Dan, the man, Danik. Alistair Danik with one point. You, you do realise you have to think of a name for every single person now. I they, know. they love the names. They, they, they said it in the Zoom call. They appreciate the names. <laughs> well, okay. Well, now my work's cut out for me because what sort of nickname am I going to give Thalia Enriquez? She's very good at the new names. I'm sure she'll be in it next week. So we'll come back to you, Thalia. <laughs> Indeed. Thalia, I'm working on it because I want to do right by her. 
just like I did right by Alistair Dan the Man Danik. Um, again, we could probably do better there as well. But why don't you have a hammock reference? Alistair the Magic Hammock Danik or something? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> see, why isn't the Brendan Dando challenge? It really should be. Speaking of Alistair Danik, okay, he gave us uh, the following... To kill a hammock herd, no, to kill a hammocking herd, as in to kill a mockingbird, stop gun, and nutter island. And Thalia gave us multi-simplicity, wild, wild pests. I like that one a lot. And zootopia. Zootopia, yeah, very good. Well done, Thalia. I I do appreciate the thought of names for each segment. So it's very well played. Good stuff. What about two points? What have we got for that? Two points goes to mm. Luke No Fluke McKay or Mackay. He gave us episode XIII, episode 13, Hammock of the Clones. As mm. an attack, guys. Not bad, not bad. Undeadwood, which I liked, and GP and the Beasts. I think Undeadwood's perfect. That's great. Undeadwood is great. Yeah, so yeah. nice work by Luke. <laughs> but as I've said in the past, and I'm going to continue to say in the future, sometimes it's uh, quality and quantity. And guess who gave us both this time around? Philip the Hudson Hawk Hawkins. Philip Hawkins always comes through with the goods. What's he got for us this week? He gave us two, two sets of three. So oh wow! So he really wants he, he really wants those three points. He does indeed. Uh, here's one batch. Only the clonely uh, suns Ooh. out, guns out, brains out, and habitat for inhumanity. Oh wow! Only the clonely is that what it was? Yep. I wonder if that's a, a big O reference. I imagine it would be. Or a John Candy reference. There was a John Candy yes. movie in, in the 1990s called Only the Lonely. Uh, but it, that, he didn't stop there with the hawk. The hawk just kept flying. Gave us Homie and the Clonosaurus, the, <laughs> the Quick and the Undead, and because, you know, I like my dolls, the Island of Dr. Mordol. Very good. Well done, Philip. So there we have it. So Phil Hawk is currently on three. Luke McKay. McKay. Luke the Fluke, Luke No Fluke, I should say, two points. Mm. And Alistair Danik and Thalia Enriquez both on one point to kick off the first round of season 14 of Guy Davis's new name, Championship. Nice work. Yeah, if you want to be a part of this, you just got to be a four-figure discount patron for just $1 per month that gets you access to the Facebook group and where you can contribute to the new name, Championship, banter with Guy, myself, and much, much more. Mm. All right, Mr. Davis, it's now time for... Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! All right, Mr. Davis, before we get into the mailbag, we've actually got a very special shout-out for one of our long-time fans out there, one of our long-time listeners, Mr. Neil Bromley. Uh, his brother, Matt, wrote into us, contacted us via Twitter, and said that he's Neil, not doing too well at the moment. He's uh, recently diagnosed with something, and he's not he's just not doing well at all. So we thought we'd give him a quick shout-out and say that we are thinking of you, Neil. We appreciate your support. We thank you for listening to the show for so long. We hope you kick this in the ass and get better as soon as possible. But, um, yeah, we're thinking of you, Neil, and, uh, yeah, all the best to you, my good friend. Definitely, uh, Neil. Kick this ass around the block give it some what for tell them guy and dando sent you <laughs> <laughs> all right mr davis let's get into some mailbag questions let's first one here comes from reese roberts he says if you were to be an animal hybrid what would you want to be Ooh. I mean, the obvious one for me as in just because you're the king dick of the animals is like lion right but can you be like part <laughs> horse part lion <laughs> I think if we're going hybrids, we might as well go all the way with this. Yeah. Uh, why why oh, not just... Oh, well, yeah. Particular part of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mane. <laughs> well, Nash. But what about you, Mr. Davis? What would you want to be? I, I Look, I'm, I'm very partial to Bengal tigers. So mm-hmm. I think I'd like a little Bengal tiger DNA. Just the look ants. of it? Or... 
the look, the the stature, the the presence, the charisma. They do look very intimidating. They do, don't they? And I think you combine that with a bit of Guy Davis DNA and you could have something kind of interesting. Next question from Andrew Pellicati says, what's your favourite style of Treehouse of Horror short? Do you prefer the original horror style stories of the golden era or the movie slash TV parodies of the later seasons? Well, they do movie parodies in the earlier seasons as well. The Shitting, for example. They do, that's correct. But I do think the, the vibe of the earlier ones was more horror-esque. These ones feel a lot more tame. I don't know whether that's just a shift in what Fox were expecting or just the way TV was heading at the time. But I think the first, say, six or seven Trials of Horrors were definitely more violent as a whole. Look, I'm, I'm really partial to the later ones that uh, are, are movie and TV parodies. I find them, you know, entertaining. I think the, the creative uh, crew are obviously having a lot of fun working with that material and putting their unique spin on. So, you know, I, I tend to enjoy that. Look, I'm very partial to Treehouse of Horror across the board, as you are, Dando. But the, these later ones I'm finding very enjoyable, I've got to say. But I do think the best parody they've done is the one I mentioned, The Shinning. That's one of the best okay. movie parodies that have done in the Treehouse of Horrors. Okay, so Kenneth A. Rice. Have you ever passed gas, then blamed it on something or someone else, i.e. the dog? I actually, and I got away with it too, blamed Elliot. <laughs> blamed Elliot the oh. other day. So, we're sitting at the kitchen table, dropped one. Nicola's like, what was that? I said, Elliot. And he goes, no. I said, yes, it was. And he just sort of laughed and that was it. Nicola still <laughs> thinks it was him. <laughs> by the way, very nice and discreet by Kenneth A. Rice to use the term past gas yes. rather than rather than just fart. <laughs> yeah. Kenneth, clearly a gentleman, you know, a, 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 a posh type. No, he does, posh. he does not fart his guts out. No, absolutely not. And see, I've I've never gotten away with. It. I tend to, I tend to claim ownership very loudly and on the record. So, <laughs> Talia Enriquez or Thalia, what jobs would your clones be saddled with? Cooking. I mean, I like cooking, but mm. right now, see, we're recording a podcast. And once we finish, I have to go cook dinner. Cooking yeah. a big pa- chicken pasta bake. It'd just be nice. great if I could have my clone right now cooking it for me because it knows how to cook it the way I like it because it's me. So I could yeah. be doing this podcast, walk out there, and bam. Chicken pasta, bake. There you go. Ready to eat. You raise a very good point, Dando. Uh, oh, look, I like spending time in the kitchen. I find it therapeutic, and also I enjoy consuming the end product. But um, you could even you could get your client to do the podcast with me while you go cook. But I enjoy doing that too. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna voice all the bad shit on my client. They get to do the outside stuff. They get to mow lawns, uh, whip a snip, weed, and also I'm thinking about tackling a well I called it a major project we'll see how we go with it but I need to I need to get this house painted so I'm going to do a bit of sanding on it myself I've got to sand off the existing uh, crappy paint so see, this uh, is going to result in you being missing for like six weeks and we us finding you under a pile of newspapers <laughs> I've got I'm, I am actually decluttering <laughs> like a like an absolute Marie Kondo here I'm doing yeah. a very good job with it uh, and once I'm sort of done with the inside, that's when I start doing the outside stuff. So, and that's going to be in um, in spring and summer. Okay. But yeah. in all honesty, look, I I know I sound enthusiastic, but really, if I could force that shit off on a clone, I would do it. <laughs> Spring's like that, though, isn't it? Once once spring starts, it's like let's get shit done. Let's do it. Yeah, but you know, while you're inside, while it's cold, it's like okay, well, do I really need four shirts that are in slightly different shades of blue? Probably not. The fact they've never worn them since 1987, probably. Well, it can't fit into half of them now. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do a couple more questions and wrap up this first episode of Season 14 of Four Finger Discount. Katie Giacca, who would you bring back to life 
just like Lisa's story. Hmm. Or let's, let's leave loved ones aside. Which celebrity would you like to bring back? For some reason, I just feel like, I've mentioned it time and time again, uh, Robin Williams. I feel like the world lost something when Robin Williams passed away. Andrew Pellicani does agree with you. He's he's uh, he oh, really? that as an answer to to uh, oh, to well, there you go. Okay, I didn't even see that. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I think just having Robin Williams in this world makes this world a better place. I agree with you on that point. I would uh, I would add the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, um, I get the feeling that guy was just getting started. The mainstream was just starting to take notice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and every. I just feel get the feeling he would have been a terrific actor for another few decades to come. So, uh, and I think we really, I think we really lost big when we lost uh, old mate Phil. So I would bring him back. For a lot of casual moviegoers, he was always known as the Rolling Stone guy from Almost Famous. You know, that's right. He was Lester Bangs <laughs> in Almost Famous. He was Scotty J in Boogie Nights. Uh, he was mm, in the Hunger yeah. Games movies. Um, See, I'm talking he, before Hunger Games though. Hunger Games, I think the Hunger Games was where he sort of started becoming. A household name. People, I mean, people still knew who he was, but he was for a while there. He was kind of like the Paul G. Mud. He was like, I, I know that guy. I've seen him in things. Yeah. Very much of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One more question. What have we got here? I'm not even going to look. All right. Andrew Kelly. What would the main problem facing the world? What would the main problem facing the world? I guess it's meant to be B. B. Mm. If you had <laughs> ten trillion clones of yourself rampaging through the land. Hmm. Dando, what's your answer to this one? What would the main problem be? I don't know hmm. what my answer is. If there was 10 million clones of Dando, well, ch- the chicken, the KFC tenders would certainly be in some strife. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, excess awesomeage or, or awesomeness <laughs> on, on my part. Yes, and yours as well. Yeah. <laughs> awesome I'm trying much. to think. Is that a word? What's one thing that the, you bring to the world that the world would be better off without? I can't think of oh. anything for yourself. Hmm, farting? Yeah, less pollution in the air. Less gut dropping, yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure. All right, let's get one more question. Brian Hughes, do you think that the writers originally wanted to use the World War II German leader, whose name I shall omit on the fear of offending anybody, and were, and were forced to abandon that and instead go with the Kaiser? Hmm. Well, they've used him before in the past, but maybe by this point it was just like... Is he uh, talking about yeah, the guy see, with the moustache? See, see, yes, but I think... <laughs> I think when they've used him in the past, it's really been sort of taking the mickey where here it would almost be positioning him as like a position of power and authority. I just don't think mm. it would have... It would have been very in poor taste to have him play that role. I think even having the Kaiser was kind of unnecessary. Even though I thought it was funny, the way the, 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 the yippee yippee wasn't yeah, needed. Yeah. wasn't needed. It, it wasn't really, no. I mean, I figure if you're going to go Billy the Kid, just yeah, have a bunch of cowboys. Yeah, you could have. Just I, I, I at, don't think the Kaiser added a great deal of uh, comic heft. Nah, the, not, uh, not at all. But um, yeah, I, I do think Brian, you may be right that maybe they did want to put said person that we won't name, and um, possibly they fought up against it and just shoehorned someone else in there at the last minute. Alrighty, guys. Well, that is our review of Trials of Horror 13. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we're going to be doing How I Spent My Strummer Vacation, one of my favourite post-season 10 episodes, which features the Rolling Stones, Lenny Kravitz, Tom Petty, and more. So I can't wait until we get into that one, Mr. Davis. Don't forget, guys, to continue to follow us 
on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. And if you could continue to review us on Apple Podcasts, or if you can't get onto Apple Podcasts, review us wherever you are able to. Whatever app you're using to listen to the show, check us a review and we'll be much appreciated. Also, don't forget, if you do enjoy the show and you want to support us, the best way is to become a Four Finger Discount patron where you get early access to all the shows we do, uh, access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, and much, much more. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners? Yeah, I'm off to get me some caveman hookers. (laughs) Shh.